Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Watch Rolling Podcast, the veteran-owned podcast that focuses on watch collecting with the goal of helping veterans. My name is Jason, and I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome, and if you're returning, welcome back. I'm not going to start the podcast like I normally do with some product placement and stuff. Uh, I know that Robert from Mushi Watch Traps will understand. Uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know I haven't posted a podcast in about two weeks, and that was because that is because on December 6th, a good friend of mine lost his battle with brain cancer and uh, taking the last couple of weeks to kind of sort things out and and just uh, be as supportive as I can for it. his family. Uh, episode 34 is going to be a tribute to my friend John, and I'm going to start uh, apologies ahead of time if it gets a little tough to do, but, you know, I, I've given a lot of thought and, you know, part of having a podcast is, is I can put something out there on the internet talking about my friend, John, that will be there forever. You know, as long as the internet's around, um, if anyone wants to hear the story of our friendship and a brief history on John and his military career, then it'll be there for people to listen to. Uh, I'm not doing this scripted. There's some part of it where I have notes, but it's just because, you know, if, if you were ever in the military, you know, that, you know, oftentimes you're stationed with someone in one place but you're not always stationed with them everywhere else you go. And that can lead to like, you know, half memories of where someone served or something like that. So uh, I, I just want to talk about our friendship first and what it mean, means to me, you know, and I'll always say it in present tense, the very best I can. And then a little bit about John as a person individually. So John and I met each other uh, back in 2011. It was at a short command. Uh, that's kind of funny considering we're both in the Navy. Uh, at the time, I was a chief damage controlman, and John was a uh, first-class pit officer gunner's mate. And we worked in uh, an office where really these guys and ladies had the most unthankful job ever. It basically, they were, they were a go-in between, between, let's say, a ship and a shop that's supposed to do work, right? And they don't really have the authority to tell either one what to do, and they're basically just a messenger between the two. Um, commands, right? So it's a pretty, pretty thankless job. And as a leader at the time, you know, your job is to, you know, keep people focused and, and help them understand a mission, not get too frustrated, because it could be an easily frustrating job. And, you know, John did a pretty good job. But at the time, he technically worked for me. So, you know, back then, we'd call him, you know, GM1 or Haycraft, a lot of, a lot of stuff is last name stuff. And, but as time goes on and you continue to work with people, you know, John and I got to know each other a little bit more. And at that time, John's middle son was born. And, you know, being his chief, I felt like the right thing to do was to go to the hospital while him and his wife were there with the new baby and just check in on him and see how they were doing. And, you know, from that, you know, developed a, developed a friendship. And, you know, I eventually retired in 2013 uh, right before that, John left the job that we were doing and went to back into a job that he enjoyed a lot more, which was in uh, within the scope of his rating, which was, you know, gunner's mate. So, you know, if anyone knows any gunner's mates or have ever heard about, you know, think naval guns, big stuff. 
And not as many as there used to be, like back in World War II, but still a lot of ships have naval guns and you need people to take care of them and maintain them and operate them and stuff. So that's what John did. And then from there, I retired and John's career went on and he went to a couple of ships, eventually made chief petty officer. I had the honor of being at his pinning ceremony. Um, I got to watch him get pinned. I got a cool picture. If you've seen the Instagram profile, you can see the picture of me and John in there. Uh, one of the proudest days I've ever been of anybody uh, for anything, for anyone that's not affiliated with the Navy, you know, making chief petty officer, it is a, it's a it's a pretty big deal. And it's a culmination of a lot of hard work. And, you know, John worked his tail off. And when you know more about John's history and about the fact that, you know, what made us get along so well initially is, oh, let me go back a second. For those of you that are military affiliated, I think that the common belief is that everybody in the military likes everybody, and that's not the case. You could be in a division of people, say on a ship, and you know it's like anywhere else. Some people like each other, some people don't. Um, if you have good leadership, like which I prided myself in being, you do the very best you can to get people to work together the very best that they can to accomplish the mission. Understanding fully that not all personalities are going to gel, not everyone's going to get along. Uh, as a leader, your job is to try to mitigate that. So you, like I said, you can get the mission accomplished and keep it moving, right? And sometimes you station with people and you never talk to them again after you leave your short command and sometimes, or your C command. And sometimes the situation like with John and myself, you stay friends um, even after that. So going back to that is the whole point was to say that, you know, John and I just hit it off and there was a whole variety of reasons for that. You know, we both grew up poor. I'm originally from Southern California, and I always joke that Southern California poor is a little bit different. Um, John grew up in Tennessee. Uh, he was born in Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, from talking to my talking to John, you know, I, I, I heard about just, it made me realize like the differences in levels of poverty, I guess. And it's not to compare apples to oranges or anything, but, you know, there's been stories where John told me like one time he was, trying to steal crackers because he was that hungry and stuff. And, and, you know, John at the time never knew his father and I didn't know my father. until I was a little bit older, like really get to know him. And we had that in common and, you know, kind of rough upbringings. And we both ended up in the Navy a little bit time apart, but in the Navy. And then you fast forward, you know, various ships and stuff. And we meet at the short command. And so, a couple other things we had in common that are going to sound really shallow, but you know, our friendship is based on that is, you know, a mutual respect and love of science fiction movies, a, a mutual love of exercising. We used to work out together all the time before John got sick. Um, especially when we were stationed together, it, it was one of the things I think that really bonded us because anyone that's ever exercised, you know, uh, maybe not so much doing cardio cause you're running or, you know, you're breathing really hard, but stuff like lifting weights, you know, you tend to talk in between sets. And we got to know a lot about each other. And at that time in my life, right before I retired, I was going through a difficult time personally in my life. And, you know, the Haycrafts led by John always welcomed me in their home. Um, there was a period where a couple of years where, you know, I, I put a note about that in the Instagram uh, post. You know, we just hung out, played Call of Duty in two recliners that were next to each other on two separate televisions. Uh, for those that play Call of Duty, is that cheating? I don't know if it's cheating as much as it is just, you know, utilizing your resources. 
but you know we'd sit there and we'd we'd shoot stuff and um the hate crafts would have me over for dinner there was sometimes where i'd stay a night or two uh when i rupture my achilles and i couldn't you know really get around very well and i was having to you know live in less than desirable circumstances you know the hate crafts always had me over would, would have me over on the weekend and feed me and it was a it was very much a family environment that I was missing and I appreciated having for a period of my life. And it just solidified those bonds. I mean, one story just to talk about John is, so I have a ruptured Achilles. I'm in this stupid boot. If anyone's ever ruptured your Achilles or had anything that, you know, those boots, right. And they give you the little scooter. And I was doing this really cruddy security job that John got me, by the way, we were doing it part-time before I retired, but he got me this security job and I'm doing it part-time and I'm trying to find another job that's going to pay me better. And I have this job interview, I get a flat tire. So in typical Virginia fashion, Hampton Roads fashion, it's torrential downpour. It's raining and it's raining like crazy for like an hour. And I get a hold of John, I'm like, yo, I got a flat tire, man. I can't get out there and change it. John's like, I'll be right there. So he comes all the way out, stopped whatever he was doing. And I'm literally like, I can't with my leg, you know, if I get out in the rain, then I'm going to, my bandages and everything will be soaking wet. You know, um, if, if I stand in the water, I'm going to get soaking wet. John goes out there and there's probably like an inch and a half, two inches of standing water. He gets everything out. He gets on the, on the deck and he jacks up my car, changes the tire so I can keep it moving. And I never made the job interview, but that's not the point. The point is that my friend dropped everything he was doing because he understood my situation and came out there to help me. And, and that's just one small example about John and the person that he is. Um, you know, I think like most of us that are in the military, you've got to, how can I say it? You have to develop a trust, right? And then, you know, you have to develop trust between people. And once you do that, there's nothing that those people wouldn't do for you. You know, and like I said before, it's not that way with every relationship or every circumstance, but in this case for, for John and myself, it was, and you know, it was other dorky stuff, man. Like, you know, John, if you're listening, <laughs> which, which I know you probably are. Um, I mean, it was stuff like the fact that we both had an appreciation for classical music. We would talk about Chopin or, you know, um, you know, Mozart, Beethoven, you know, like uh, uh, Debussy, I mean, you name it. And we even had an interesting thing, like sometimes we didn't know that we each did it, but we do, or, or when we lift heavy, we would listen to classical music. And that was something I learned on my own a long time ago. And John did. And when we both said that, we're like, oh man, you know, cause I know this was supposed to be a watch podcast, but, um, you know, I've never met anybody else that listens to classical music when they lift heavy and John got it. He got it. You know, it was like a controlling the rage thing. And and he just understood that. And, you know, to a love of a mutual love and respect for science fiction movies or action movies or uh, now one where we differ, John really, really liked um, what I would call silly movies. You know, uh, I would say my borderline silly movie is Talladega Nights, where John watched all kinds of crazy, silly stuff. And then I like stuff like The Big Lebowski. And John tried to watch it with me one time. He's like, dude, I never want to watch that again. And um you know, stuff like that. But like, even I think it was June, you know, when John had 
so he had been diagnosed with this with brain cancer um since 2020 and he's been fighting it and i'm not going to go through the whole story but eventually got to the point to where you know it was looking a little bit better um in june we went and saw the new top gun and you know my buddy's walking around he's you know he's really lucid and you know we're cracking jokes and and it was a good time and you know like things get sometimes it just sneaks up and everything goes fast and then one thing leads to another and and then now your friend's really sick and you know it's uh it's been difficult but i i could never really put into words even though i'm trying to i sure couldn't do it in instagram post um i'm doing this because there's going to be a memorial for him at his command and locally here um in a little while and so i know being able to speak about him here is going to help me for that. Um, John never got to retire from the military. He was pretty close. He had asked me to be a guest speaker at his retirement. And I told him, sure, I'd love to do that. And that was the plan. Um, he was the best man at my wedding, even though he was on deployment, he had recorded in his dress uniform, um, a nice video. The video didn't work. Unfortunately. Um, it really stinks now hindsight, but a buddy of our Marcos um, read it out loud and did a great job. And John's words were excellent. Um, definitely a highlight of the evening. And so he asked me to be his guest speaker's retirement. And when they do this retirement memorial, his, um, his wife, Amanda has asked me to still be the guest speaker. And I'm going to do that. So I think in some way this helps me also get ready for that because that's going to, you know, I've never had a problem public speaking, but you know, this is going to be a totally different situation. And I could go on and on about John. I mean, uh, his love of energy drinks, um, our shared love of coffee, uh, our shared love of, like I said before, lifting heavy stuff. Um, and, and then our differences as friends, John always liked big trucks and always wanted a big truck. And I'm over here driving like a, a midsize sedan because it's just my thing. You know, um, uh, John was a gunner's mate, true and true. John loved shooting guns. Um, he loved to hunt you know, and, and I'm going to say something here, you know, my buddy, John is one of the more reserved people I've ever met within the, the gun community and the shooting community. You know, John was just always super professional, willing to teach, um, and all that stuff, just super awesome and super capable. And it was always just impressive to watch, you know, me being a firefighter, him being a gunner's mate, I was a damage controlman, you know, usually, uh, two pretty headstrong rates at times because you're dealing with some pretty serious and dangerous stuff. And um, we could each take a backseat to each other out of mutual respect based on whatever was going on with regard to the other's profession. Like when it came, when it comes to weapons, I would always uh, listen to John and take his word as gospel, you know? Um, and he told me the same thing with, you know, firefighting, just general safety stuff when it comes to like fire prevention stuff. But I, I digress. Uh what I'm basically saying is, you know, John is my friend. Um, I, I don't know how else to say it. And it doesn't make any sense. You know, when you look at it, um, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes all the sense in the world. Um, it's, it's, you know, I lost a brother in more ways than one when, when John passed away, but you know, I'm, I'm happy in knowing that he's not in pain anymore. 
I'm happy in knowing that he's getting some rest. Um, 40 years old is way too young. Uh, but, you know, it'd be, it would be selfish for me to want him to go on. So, you know, I just want to take this time to let everybody know that John, you know, Haycraft was a great guy. You know, John is a great guy. His legacy is going to live on. I'm going to talk a little bit about his family here in a second and the legacy he leaves behind. Um, but it's very much so. And, and and just one other thing, you know, like when someone is lost, you know, it would be easy to look at this and say, it's just me, right? That it's just me as the friend, you know, obviously his family. But, you know, my, for those of you who know, my wife's a teacher. Well, my wife is friends with, you know, the Haycrafts, both of them. Not just Amanda, his wife, but John and Amanda, both of them. And knows their children. I'm not going to name their children. Um, when I started seriously dating my wife, the first couple I brought my wife around was John and Amanda. And I knew they would love her because my wife's awesome. And I wanted them to know I was serious. And it's just my wife's a teacher. Her friend is a co-teacher, is a teacher. And my wife's friend actually taught John's uh, middle son, the one that I went and saw, when they had him in the hospital, I'm not going to name any kids names because I believe in keeping kids safe online and stuff, but you know, so, you know, John's passing affects a lot of people and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people too, but I'm here talking about John and it's not just, you know, his wife and his kids and his mother-in-law and his brother and his sister, you know, it's, it's a lot more people because John had that kind of reach and he just had a knack of, you know, great personality um, super sharp wit, funny, uh, is the kind of guy who I'm like, Hey, I'm going to drive out to my in-laws this morning to ask for their blessing. Uh, would you like to road trip with me on one day's notice? It's like five hours. And he's like, sure. What time are you picking me up? I'm like zero five. I'm like, we gotta, I gotta pick you up. We got a hall tail. Uh, we got to do the deed, get the blessing. You can just hang out outside for backup in case I need you. And just kidding. My in-laws are great. And then we got to haul back without my wife knowing. So I could ask her to marry me the next day. And John was down for that. I remember stopping halfway up and getting some ham biscuits and then probably getting some, I don't know, some really unhealthy food on the way back. But we made it there and back. And, you know, I have all these stories with John. I have so many and my brain's not working really well right now talking about him. But I'll have those stories forever of my friend. And, um, you know, I love you, bro, and I miss you, but let me just talk a little bit about John. And I'm just going to read his obituary because, you know, sometimes this stuff disappears, the words, and you can learn quite a bit about someone just by, uh, you know, reading the obituary. And I like to leave it there for posterity for John. I will include links to his uh, obituary page and um, a tribute wall and uh, services and then they also have a place where you can donate on some trees or flower or condolences if you want to you don't have to but i'll include it there and um i think once a year i'm just going to remind everybody that um around this time that my friend john's podcast is up and you know i probably did a really horrible job um talking about him but i'm trying my best to just stay as professional as positive and and focused and and get it out there. But uh, like I said, I love you, man. And I'm going to miss you every day. And 
I'll get into reading his obituary. So Chief Gunner's Mate, Jonathan Neal Haycraft. Chief Gunner's Mate, Surface Warfare, Air Warfare, qualified. Jonathan Neal Haycraft, United States Navy, 40 of Virginia Beach, Virginia, died on Tuesday, December 6, 2022 at Portsmouth Naval Hospital in Portsmouth, Virginia. John was born Sunday, April 4th, 1982 in Memphis, Tennessee. He is a proud son of that state, a proud son. And if you're from Tennessee, I just ask that you, you know, stop and think about one of your proud sons coming home. Um, it's, it's, I think that's an important thing to remember about the Navy and in the military in general, that you have a lot of people coming from a lot of parts of the United States that you probably wouldn't even associate with the Navy. Um, there is some Naval presence in the Western part of Tennessee, but, but you know what I mean? I don't think anyone like outside of the military associates in Tennessee with the Navy, but nevertheless, John came in the Navy out of Memphis, Tennessee. He was born there. He is the son of the late James Albert Banton and the late Marilyn Haycraft. John loved his mom a lot. Um, he lost her when she when he was young, and, and she was relatively young. But I know that was a big thing. And, oh, talking about John's father, um, I rode my buddy's tail for like two years straight about doing his Ancestry.com, and he finally did it. And when he did it, he met his father. It was crazy. Like, craziest story ever, but um, it's it's when being an Aggie friend pays off. And it, it, I know it made him happy. That was a little bittersweet, but I know it made him happy. And the fact that he was happy and, and he got to meet his father finally um, made me all kinds of happy for John. But John, uh, you know, proudly served his country for 19 years. You know, it's a long time. Uh, the funeral services were held uh, for John at 11 a.m. on Friday, December 16th. They were at the chapel at Johnson Williams Funeral Home. Um, he's been buried in the Fairview Cemetery in New Bern, Tennessee. If you're ever in New Bern, Tennessee, and you're from Tennessee, and you want to pay a little respects, throw a flower down, um, give him a fist bump. I'm sure he would appreciate it. And they had the visitation on Thursday from 5 p.m. till 8 p.m. this past Thursday. And so John leaves behind a whole slew of family and friends, and um, he leaves behind his wife of 21 years, Amanda. Uh, she's a very good friend of our family, and we're going to do the very best we can to to stay there for her. Um, Amanda King Haycraft of Virginia Beach. He has two sons and a daughter. Like I said, I'm not going to read any um, young people's names out of protection, but uh, two sons and a daughter. They're pretty cool. And um, he has also has a brother, Billy Ring of Tennessee, uh, Jeff Banton of Virginia Beach, and Tim Banton of Water Valley, Mississippi, and one sister, Robin Charbonneau. I hope I said that right, Robin. But we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. Um, and also his mother-in-law, Shelby Jean Dove or we just call Jean. Uh, that's Amanda's mom. Jean's awesome. Um, love you, Jean. And, uh, you know, she always spoke highly of John to me. Um, it's crazy. And she's told me stories about John when he was a little kid and she knew who he was, but you know, they weren't really related at the time, but, um, you know, where they lived, it was kind of small. So everybody knew everybody, but you know, some of the stories that she told me about John early on or, large part of the reason why I respect that guy, because some of the stuff that I heard that he went through when he was little, man, I couldn't, can't even imagine. Um, John had some pallbearers and there were members of the United States Navy honor guard. He had a whole slew of pallbearers. And if anyone wants to provide some memorial contributions, they can be directed to the Dyer County community cancer fund PO box one zero five five Dyersburg, Tennessee three eight zero two four. And then you can make other online condolences to the family at Johnson uh, hyphen Williams funeral home, all one word.com. But I'll include all those links in the show notes. And then there's also the ability to send 
flowers to the family or plant a tree in the memory of John. And they also have a florist store. And there's a cool video of keepsake you can look at there. It's got a picture of John in his khakis and some other stuff and just like family memories. And I can give you a kind of an idea of John and what he's got going on. Uh, I've already probably talked way longer than John would want me to talk about him. Uh, I appreciate everyone tuning and listening. And this, again, is just my, I don't even know what to call it. It's just, I wanted something online for John. I wanted people to know how awesome John is, um, how great of a friend he, he is. And to not just me, but, you know, great father, great husband, a great son-in-law, um, you know, wonderful brother, which I'm actually happy he got the chance to be. And, and just an awesome shipmate, awesome chief, a fellow brother in arms. And bro, I can't wait till the day we get to watch aliens again, because we missed that. And, um, you know, we're going to watch the director's cut and we're going to do it right. So I'll just like to finish this with a, a moment of silence for John and, um, like I said, I love you, bro.